in the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. How awesome it is to be here. You can bring me down just a little bit, Marty. How awesome it is to be in the house of the Lord. I, I, I'm going to say like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because this is where our mind is reset in the Lord. So much of the conversations and things and duties of life can just, you know, just eventually just crowd out the very voice of the Lord. Can I suggest to you that the voice of God is still a still small voice? And that if we get too busy, we just flood out the, the, the voice of God in our mind and in our hearts. And before long, we just begin to walk in our own ways. Amen. We need God's direction. Can somebody say amen to that? We need God's direction. So what an awesome day it is. I know that it is Labor Day weekend and people are, are ceasing from their labors. But is, is there no better rest than the house of the Lord? Is there no better rest? I would probably say that on Labor Day weekend, we should have overflow on Labor Day weekend. Just because... People are coming into the house of rest. Amen. But I'm so glad that we are here today. We're going to engage the word of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you're standing, I'm, I'm going to begin reading a passage of scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so uh, as you're going there, I'm going to read a, a few verses. But before I read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to remind everybody that we are in a series called First Love. And this is a First Love series. So let me suggest something to you. So when we first started the series, we, we laid some groundwork, right? We talked about God's preeminence. How many know God is first? And that's all he can be is first. He can't be second. It's against his very nature. And then we started talking about, you know, when, when we started going through time, right? We started talking about the day. How many did they know that this is the day that the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know that the principle of governing your time is found in rejoicing? Most people don't know that. The principle of of maximizing your day for God is learning how to rejoice and to be thankful. Do you know that the Bible says, and this was the teaching of Apostle Paul to the church of Thessalonians. He said this. He says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. He said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will in Christ Jesus concerning you. How many today know that if we fail to give thanks, we fail to put him first in the day? Right? When you got up today, there should have been a, a, a thought or a word or an expression. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Right? And that should always permeate our life. Now, last week we got into the, the act of giving, right? How we give to God. And how many today know that, that it was able, the first person listed in the annals of faith, in the history of faith. This is Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. I pray today that your sacrifice, your giving, is more excellent than anybody else. You know what? I would pray that there would be a a rise up in here, a spirit where people would come and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure my gift is more excellent than anybody else. I want to give the most excellent sacrifice to God. And that's what we do. We come to give God the very best. So today, we are now going to be talking about this thing called talents or abilities or gifts. And I'm going to be talking about that today. And you are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so that's just a real quick overview of where we've been. And if, if you've missed those messages, I pray, I pray that you uh, catch that message. Can I encourage somebody today, 
If you are, if you say, you know what, I love my church, I love the word of the Lord, I love uh, what God is doing here, I, I, you know, the teaching and the, the, all the expressions of, of our togetherness today, can I encourage everybody today when you get home, share this message. Share this message because we're about to talk about something today that I believe is going to be uh, somewhat of a, not only principle, but could be groundbreaking for somebody in their walk in the Lord. So if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to begin here reading. The verse that I'm trying to get to is verse 7. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. And I want you to see them in context. But when we get to verse 7, I really want you to think about what's happening here. And we're going to talk about this verse 7 as we get into uh, this message today. This again is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning here at verse 1. It says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. Catch this, even as ye were led. Now that's a key thing that Paul is teaching. We'll talk about that here in a moment. He says, wherefore I give you to understand that no no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. That's powerful. Now watch this. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Now watch this. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Now, this is the verse I want to bring you to today. It says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every woman. I want you to hear that. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man or every woman to profit with all. So gifts have, gift and gifts have been given to you that all of the church may profit by it. The whole of the church, right? So I want you to hear that. So I want you to know that today, whoever might have told you you don't have a gift, they lied to you. Because you, I can guarantee you that most of you have more than one gift working in your life. Now, I don't have time in the course of this message to talk about Romans 12, the motivational gifts. I'm certainly not going to have time to talk about 1 Corinthians 12 and go through all the gifts uh, of the Spirit. I don't got time to go to Ephesians 4, to the fivefold offices of the church, right? But I want you to know that you've got gifts, that you've got gifts, and those gifts are given to you that this church may profit by those gifts, right? That we may be edified, strengthened, right? So this is what I want you to do. We're going to pray. And then at the end of the prayer, I want you, you're going to go hug somebody. I want you to hug as many people as you can. And I just want you to look in my face and say, man, you've got gifts in the Lord, right? So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the opportunity we have as a family of faith to come together. To come together in this moment to seize the time to, to maximize this day for you, oh God. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. You're already moving. You're already stirring. You've created an atmosphere by which you can move. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that the people of God offer their hearts to you as a living sacrifice. That our hearts be pliable and useful and ready. That you might deposit in us a word that can transform our life. 
And so we pray that today. We pray blessing and purpose and strength as we move forward as only you can bring it. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Listen, go find some people and tell them you've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. Go tell them, say, you've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. You've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hug them and tell them you've got gifts. You've got gifts in the Holy Ghost. You've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. You've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. Gifts, 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 gifts. You've got gifts in the Holy Ghost. Abilities, talents. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've got gifts. You've got gifts. You've got gifts in the Lord. Amen. What an awesome day it is to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad the Spirit of the Lord has sent me. Listen, as you're getting to your seats, I want you to do me a favor. As you're getting to your seats, and if you have your Bible, I want you to put your Bible ribbon on St. John chapter 14. St. John chapter 14. And I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of the Lord woke me up, gave me this scripture, uh, and and I want to give it to you before we leave today. This was this past week. The Spirit woke me, gave me this scripture. I want to give it to you. Amen. Amen. Uh, as we leave the house of the Lord today, that's St. John chapter 14. St. John chapter 14. I'll get over there. We're going to pick up verse, at verse 7 there here in just a moment. We'll get into some conversations today that I know are going to bless your life. Amen. I know are going to bless your life. Praise the Lord. You've got gifts in the Holy Ghost. You've got gifts, and I'm talking plural. You've got gifts in the Holy Spirit. Let me begin here. I I, I pray that that this verse, this thought, this scripture will stir your heart in the Lord. I I, want to recite a scripture that Apostle Paul gave to young Timothy uh, while Paul was still in trial in Rome, while Timothy was still being oppressed uh, by Emperor Nero. Uh, This last testament, this is the last epistle of the Apostle Paul to the young Timothy, and this is what he said. Therefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of my hands. For God hath not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Somebody say power and love and a sound mind. What a marvelous thing for Paul to say to young Timothy while he was going through that time of adversity. I say to you today, it's time to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Can I suggest to you that, that, that the wonderful expressions of wisdom by the man to whom we call Solomon wrote in, in Proverbs 18 verse 16 when he says, the gift of God, the, a man's gift, the Bible says, maketh room for him and putteth him before great men. That there is a purpose for the gift of God on the inside of you. There is a purpose for the gift of God on the inside of you. Now, I know that when we talk about gifts and we begin to express the thought about gifts and abilities and talents, we start thinking in the singularity of the gift, the way the gift expresses itself. 
But the Bible doesn't teach us that necessarily. Can I suggest to you, if you have your Bible, uh, go to St. Luke chapter 11. I want to quote, I want to quote, in fact, let me do this, let me do this, let me, let let, let me, yeah, go go to St. Luke chapter 11, let me just give this to you, and I think this will be a great place for you to see something. That there is a story here, St. Luke chapter 11, the Bible records of a man of importunity. This is the story of a man who went over to a friend's house uh, late at night in the midnight hour and began banging on the door, begging for bread. Y'all know this story? (laughs) Uh, The the story records that he began to bang at the door at night and, and he was yelling out in the street, friend, I need three loaves of bread. To which the friend replied, listen, we're already asleep. I'm in the bed with my babies. I can't get up and disturb the whole house. And the Bible says, Jesus says, that this man will not get up because he's a friend, but he gets up because of his importunity. In other words, he's banging on the only door that can produce the thing he's looking for. He's banging on the door, asking for the, this is the only place by which the thing that he needs can be found. I just want you to hear that. It's importunity. He's going to keep banging because this is the only place where he can find bread. Now, Now watch. Are you there in Luke chapter 11? Jesus says this. Watch, listen. Man, this is profound. Ask. And it shall be given. Seek. And ye shall find. Knock. And the door shall be opened unto you. Watch this. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And to him that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened unto him. Then he says this, if any son ask of bread, any of you which are a father, will he give him a stone? Yeah, or if he asks for a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Watch what he says. If ye then being evil, watch this, catch the phrase, watch what Jesus is teaching. Know how to give good gifts. Somebody say good gifts. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts. Come on, somebody. you got to catch this now because I'm teaching you the principle of the kingdom. Watch this. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Watch this. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of him? I want you to know that the principle of your gifts is being led by the Spirit of God. In fact, can I suggest to you that the greatest gift in your life is the Holy Ghost. He is the promise of God. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, the greatest gift is the Holy Ghost. Man, you've got it. Once you lay a hold of that, your gifts can take off. They can do what they need to do. Uh, let me show you how proficient, let me tell you, let me show you how, how proficient my teaching is. Watch this. Uh, St. Luke chapter 4, St. Luke chapter 4, you can go there if you like. Uh, this particular passage of scripture, I regularly recite in my prayer closet. This is what I tell the Lord. This is what I tell the Spirit of God in my prayer closet because this is the purpose of why the Spirit of God lives in me. Watch this. And I can suggest to you there is a distinction between the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. 
Listen to this. Listen to Jesus. Uh, some of y'all know this passage. Let me just kind of set it up because maybe, maybe you're not familiar with, with St. Luke 4. This is the passage where Jesus is just coming out of the temptation. The, the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. But the Bible says, I believe verse 7 in that particular chapter, the scriptures teach that when Jesus came out of the wilderness, that when he came out of that temptation, he came out with the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say power. <laughs> I love this. The Bible says that when he came out with the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says he went back to his hometown, which is Nazareth. And when he got there, he did what he customarily did. He went to the temple to read the scriptures. And the Bible says that when he got into the synagogue, they handed him the scroll, the book of Isaiah. And the Bible says he went to Isaiah 61 and read this. Watch what Jesus says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do, do you hear the mantra? Do, 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 you, do you see the wisdom that Jesus is conveying, the purpose of the Spirit of God in his life? was not necessarily unto salvation. It was to be a light to the world. Oh, man. It was the guide to his gifts. It was the guide of his abilities. It was the, it was the source of his strength that everything flowed from Jesus flowed out of the Holy Ghost. You know, I love what Jesus, the Bible says that after he read this, he sat down and all the eyes were fastened upon him. And Jesus says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. Oh, man. All that the house of God would come and say, today, that scripture is fulfilled in my life. How many believe that the spirit of the Lord is upon you? Listen, let me... Let me digress, because sometimes I think I go too fast. Uh, some of y'all know, Rome, in fact, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Can I read a passage of scripture, Romans chapter 8, because I just believe there's a lot of people that don't understand that you are not of the flesh. You are of the spirit. The Bible says, if so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, now, if the spirit of Christ is in you, the Bible says you're none of his. But slide your finger down. Uh, Romans chapter 8, go down to verse 14. I love this verse. I love this verse. How many know that the same spirit that was in Christ that raised him from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in you and will quicken your mortal bodies? Somebody say hallelujah. It's the source. Listen, friend, don't talk to me about your gifts if you're not working out of the spirit of God because you're just going to fatigue yourself. There's a lot of people in the church that are tired. They grow weary. They can't endure during hardships and hard times because they're working out of themselves. But baby, once you tap into the dunamis, once you tap into the power of God, once you tap into the ability of God, and you let your talents be guided by the Spirit of God, then we see the true work of the Spirit of the Lord in the house of God. Look what it says here. But as many, verse 14, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. Do you know that when Jesus was there, I want you to catch this, that when Jesus says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. Do you know, do, do you know that in that synagogue a murmur began? But do, do you know that as soon as Jesus revealed the purpose of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, the murmur began? 
Oh, man. Oh, you got to get this. See, see, the devil stood up when truth was told. Oh, you got to know, you got to know that the devil stood up and began to contradict the work of Christ because he understood the purpose of his anointing. Do you know today that the Bible says, and we have this unction. We have the anointing. Well, you look at your name and say, man, you're anointed. But the devil has crowded out that anointing with conversations and thoughts. I look around and I see a lot of people and you've disqualified yourself for some reason or another, some thing, some situation, some past situation where you now disqualify yourself from the very things of God. And that's what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants you to make you ignorant to the very work of God, the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Do, do you know that when Jesus said that, right, when he proclaimed the purpose of his anointing, the Bible says... But there in the back of that synagogue, there somewhere in some private place, they begin to echo, begin to talk, this talk. This is what they said. It's not this Joseph's son. I mean, don't we know Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Judas? Don't we know their family? His brothers and sisters? I mean, this is just Jesus. Jesus says something that, man, oh, is so rich in the kingdom of heaven. This is what he says. You shall surely say unto me, you shall surely say unto me this proverb, physician, watch, heal thyself. For whatsoever you have done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, your expectation is my house, my home should be a reflection of my ministry. It was an innuendo. I want you to catch it. It's, it's a doubt that the Spirit of God is, is actually active in his life in so much that they're saying, well, if he has all of that and he has all the ability, what's all that stuff around him? What's, what's all that problem? What's all that situation? Sometimes the Spirit of God is in us and we look around us and we see our family. How many did they know that Jesus as a prophet is not honored amongst his own family, amongst his own kin, amongst his own countrymen? How many know that you can have all belief, but if you're around unbelief, the miracles of God don't take place? Look at your neighbor and say, don't blame me, baby. The man of God can be full of the anointing of the Lord, but guess what? The prophet isn't honored at home. He's not respected there. Uh, send me anywhere else and everybody honors me as prophet. Send me back into the house of the Lord and you say, oh, we know him. That's the first lady. Those are his kids. That's his family. Who is he? Right? And the enemy tries to send that innuendo into your mind. The thought that you really aren't anointed. She said, oh, you'll surely say to me. Physician, heal yourself. You know, the idea that how can a physician heal somebody else if he can't cure himself? Uh, Think about the history. We don't have the sum of the life of the family of Joseph, but I know Joseph is dead. The the, the question is, if you're all of that, how come your daddy died? If you're all of that, Jesus, how come your brothers and your sisters don't believe in you? They don't walk with you. 
They downplayed, listen, the anointing of Christ. The very Messiah, listen. And if the Messiah was attacked, you're going to be attacked. And if the Messiah isn't good enough in the eyes of the world, you'll never be good enough in their eyes either. But I want you to know that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. Let me show you how profound. Are y'all still there with me? This is, this is Luke chapter 4. I love this story because Jesus then parlays two stories, two histories of the Old Testament. I love the way Jesus worked. He, he took these two stories and said, listen, listen, you, you, you understand, Jesus says, that there are a lot of widows in Israel. When God sent the prophet Elijah into Sidon to the widow at Zarephath. Uh, Most people don't comprehend what Jesus is teaching because most of us don't know the parallel between uh, uh, the the nation of Israel and Sidon, which you don't recognize it, but it's literally a city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe that gets your attention. That the gift of God, the man of God, wasn't sent to Israel. He was sent to Sodom. Y'all, y'all got to catch that, man. <laughs> y'all got to catch that. See, when you know you got a gift, it works everywhere God will send it. You see, the gift of God will make room for you. It makes a way. Uh, notice that Jesus says there were many starving widows in that day. There was a famine. There was a drought. But God didn't send the, the prophet back to his home. He sent him over to Sodom and Gomorrah to the widow at Zarephath. How many know the story of the widow at Zarephath? I, I love this story because out of nowhere comes the prophet Elijah. Out of nowhere. And he comes before King Ahab. And he said, it's not going to rain until my command. And the Bible says that God immediately told him, I want you to go hide in, at the brook of Shereth. And I'm going to feed you there. Isn't it amazing that when you go back and study the word Shereth, it literally means separation. God was going to sanctify him. You know how he sanctified him? He sent ravens to feed him in the morning and in the evening. Food and bread. You say, well, what does that mean? See, you understand that the Hebrews understood the raven to be an unclean thing. How was it that God is taking an unclean thing and feeding a clean thing? Oh, man. You know, you've got to be sanctified. I mean, where's this meat coming from? I mean, where's this bread coming from? Is it kosher? Is it clean for me to eat? And God was sanctifying him there. The Bible says that he began to drink from the brook Shereth. And the principles of God took so long that he literally drank through the pool. <laughs> Y'all got to get this, man. And so God said, now that you're ready, I'm going to send you to Zarephath, to the widow. He says, I've commanded the widow there to sustain you. Somebody say, your gift makes room for you. I I want you to know if you walk in the Holy Spirit, you're going to walk into provision. You're going to walk into his help. You're going to see the hand of God expand. I want you to know there was a famine there, but the Bible says that he said, I've commanded a woman there, a widow of Zarephath. She's going to sustain you. The problem is she didn't know about that. The Bible says that as Elijah was calling up to the city, he saw a woman at the city gate. She was picking up sticks. Touch your neighbor and say, she's picking up sticks. She was picking up sticks. The Bible says that when he saw her, he says, woman, uh, please go fetch me a vessel of water. And as she went, the Bible says that Elijah said to her, watch the gift, watch the gift. He said, Elijah said to her, woman, on your way back, bring me a morsel of bread. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
bring me a morsel of bread. You see, here's the gift in action. Here's the word of the Lord that God had told Elijah that there's a woman there and she's going to sustain you. And even though she doesn't look like she has anything in her hand, woman, bring me back a morsel of bread. Bring me back a biscuit. Look at your neighbor and say, bring me a biscuit, baby. I'm going to release the gift of God. It's so amazing that when that woman heard it, she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have but a barrel of meal and a little bit of oil in a cruise you see my plan was I was going to take that and make a cake and for me and my son to die and he says oh no lady listen bring that bread to me because the Lord of the God of Israel has given to you this word neither shall the the barrel of meal waste nor the cruise of oil fail until the Lord send rain upon the earth you see he came with the word of God he came with the gift of God and that word sustained them all the way through it's the gift of God working through the spirit of God that produces that produces the room that we need to survive You know, I believe you've been too silent lately. I believe you've kept your mouth shut. I believe there's some things that you've seen in the Holy Spirit that you haven't been talking about. Some inclinations and some inspirations that the Lord has been talking to you, but you've just been quiet about it. Oh, that the gift of God would be spoken again. Oh, that the gift of God would be seen once more in the house of the Lord. That the room of God would expand us. That God would create a space. I love the story that Jesus parlays. This is 2 Kings chapter 5 when he talks about the man by the name of Naaman. For Jesus says there were many lepers in Israel when God sent Elijah to do the work of the Lord. You see, there were many lepers in Israel that needed healing, but the gift didn't go to Israel. It went to Syria. Because a gift always makes room. I want you to hear this story. This is a story of a mighty warrior by the name of Naaman. Who God had literally given him power over the nation of Israel. Insomuch that he was taking slaves, people right out of Israel to serve his house. The Bible says that he took unto his wife a maiden out of Israel. Just so happened that because she's uh, the, 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 the maiden to the mistress, that she just so happened to see that Naaman had leprosy. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people come to church, they hide in things, you know. We, we know how to dress up and look right, and we look the part, and we know how to smile and say amen. But deep down in our heart, there's, there's some things stirring, some problems, some situations. And the Bible says that when she came to know that, 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 that her master Naaman had leprosy, she said this, Oh, would, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And when she heard that, she told her husband, listen, there's a prophet in Samaria. There's a gift somewhere. 
There's a gift with the ability and the power to heal your disease. Oh, man, come on, somebody. There's a gift somewhere that if you get over to that gift, it's going to heal you, man. There's something going on in Samaria. Do you know that in Israel, when, when Jesus was at the post-resurrection, the Bible says that the apostles, the work of the apostles, became so profound, the testimony of the work, that the Bible says that even the church was saying that he lets the shadow of Peter fall upon you. You'll be healed. And so the Bible says on the pathway to the house of God that they were laying down the sick lest the shadow of Peter should fall upon them. They should recover. Do you understand that when we begin to talk about the gifts of God and express the gifts of God, the house of God gets full and miracles start happening and people are transformed under the power of God by the inspiration of God. Ah, oh, somebody. Y'all know the story of Naaman. He, he sent a, he, he, they sent a letter to the king of Israel. And the Bible says that the king of, uh, 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 of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel saying, I'm sending my warrior over to you, my, my head general, and he wants to, I want you to recover him of his leprosy. The Bible says that the king of Israel thought that the king of Syria was trying to pick a fight with him, stir up some commotion. He says, look how he's trying to provoke me. And do I have the power to kill and to make live again? Do I have the power to heal? And the Bible says when he spoke, he rent his clothes. Ah, but Elijah heard about it. And he sent a message back to the king of Israel saying, why rent your clothes? Send them to me so that he might know there is a prophet in all of Israel. Somebody say, we're talking about the gift. We're talking about the ability. Have you ever seen people in your world, in your sphere, running around trying to find a remedy to a thing or a situation? Are, are you living in the world that I'm living in where people are fearful and they're trying to find places of real cues? They're looking for healing. They're looking for help. And they're going through desperate measures to get there. Do you see addiction and problem and strife and issues all around us while the gift of God be in us? What a shame it is. What a shame it is. that Somebody should stand up. And say, oh, the doctor says you won't get well. Send him over to me. Friend, the Holy Spirit is in you. Friend, the Spirit of God lives in you. The same Spirit that was in Christ dwells in you. The same Spirit that quickened him quickens you. It's the same Spirit. Aren't you tired of just seeing things happen right there before your eyes? Don't we feel a level of conviction? Aren't we stirred? That's why Apostle Paul told young Timothy, I beseech you. I put you into remembrance. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the Holy Spirit. Let him come alive in you. Friend, I've seen too much. I've seen too much. Now when I'm scrolling through Facebook, I said, call me. I got your answer. When I see people saying they're sick and the doctor said this and the other, I say, can I come over and lay hands on you? I have the remedy. I have the ability. This is a gift of God. This is when you hear people talking and you see the distress in their voice that you can speak peace into their lives. Friend, you know the story. Naaman was, was leprous. He got all these gifts together. He wanted to go buy his gift. And the Bible says that, that as he was going over to see the prophet, that he sent his servant out and just tell him, go wash 
seven times in the Jordan River. You know, he got angry. He says, listen, are not the rivers of Abana and Fapar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the river Jordan? You know this story, right? I recount these just out of memory. Listen, you, we, we got to see this. Brother and sister, you got to see this. And fortunately, he had some wisdom amongst them because they said, listen, if he had asked you to do something difficult, would you have done it? I mean, he was expecting him to come over and touch his, you know, wave his hand over and touch him, do something. But he didn't even greet him or meet him. He says, go wash. <laughs> go wash. They said, look, if he had asked you to do something difficult, would you have done it? How much more that he's asked you to do something simple? Go wash. And the Bible says that he went to the River Jordan and dipped himself seven times. And the Bible says when he came straight out of that water, off that seventh dip, the Bible says his skin was like that of a baby. I'm talking about the gift of God. I'm talking about the gift of God. Church, I'm talking about the gift of God. Oh, that I can implore you there. Oh, that I can implore you there. That gift is on the inside of you. Those talents, those abilities, those strengths, those ministries lie within you. They're there. We just got to stir it up because that gift makes room for us. That gift makes room for us. Listen, brothers and sisters, you can't sit on the pew anymore. You can't just come to church and feel like everything's kosher with God. Listen, the Spirit of God is drawing you. You even know as I'm preaching this message that something's drawing you into the message. What is, something's touching you. The Spirit of God wants you to begin to come alive in the things of God. God needs to minister, and he needs you to go for him. Ah, I went all that way to bring you to 1 Corinthians 12. You know, it's hard to help people comprehend the Bible because when you don't know the principles, everything doesn't make sense. I didn't come here to talk about your ability to sing. I didn't come here to talk about your, 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 your ability to, to, to interpret the tongue. When I came in today, just to give you a little thought, I was standing there next to Julio. We came in, and the, 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 the tongue was being used. I tapped Julio when I came in. I said, Julio, uh, the message is about power. The message is about power. See, if you knew that the gift was being expressed, you would have heard the voice of the Lord. It's in the Spirit of God. Now, how it's interpreted is interpreted its own way. It's not translated, but interpreted, right, for the benefit so that we all would profit. But if you're not in the spirit, you don't hear it. And if you don't appreciate the gift, you don't benefit from it. Listen, that's why Jesus said, you're, you're surely saying to me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. For whatsoever you have done in Capernaum, do also in thy country. In other words, there's going to come a time where we're going to want that gift, but it's going to be absent from us. Because God's going to send the gift where people understand it and need it. Friend, do you know that when we come together, this church needs the gifts of God. It needs the expression of the Spirit of God. And we can do a lot of things, but if the Spirit of God isn't in it, we lose the presence of God. We lose the ability of God. We lose the supernatural agency of the Lord. Friends, I'm here to tell you. We are in the day where the gift of God needs to be stirred up. Yes, I'm not talking about your ability to sing or play the piano. I'm not talking about the things that we do naturally. I'm talking about the Spirit of God who will lead that gift. Some of you don't even know you can sing. 
Let me say that to somebody else. You don't even know you can sing until the Spirit of God shows you you can. Some of you didn't even know you could prophesy until the Spirit starts showing you you can prophesy. You don't, you don't even know what the gifts are primarily because you haven't stirred the Holy Ghost. Man, when you stir the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden you go from, from black and gray to full color. You go from AM to FM radio. All of a sudden you start hearing things you've never heard before. I'm talking to somebody. The sensitivity that the Holy Spirit creates to do the work of the ministry of God. That's why Paul said, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant Therefore, concerning those spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Watch what he teaches. I don't want none of you ignorant. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you just how much ignorance is here. I'm going to show you how much ignorance is in the house of the Lord. Because sometimes we say, well, I'm not, I'm not ignorant. And you're the very one the Bible's talking to. You're the most ignorant one in here. I'm going to give you a Bible. I'm going to feed you the word of the Lord. I want you to hear God's words. I want you to hear what Paul is teaching about spiritual gifts. In fact, let's go back. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go back. Let's get this text because I've got to get it, and then I've got to get you out of here to go do the work of the kingdom. So, so Paul says, go to verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. He says, wherefore I give unto you to understand. Somebody say understand. Touch your neighbor and say, don't be ignorant, man. Don't be ignorant. He's going to give you something to understand. Watch what he says. Now, I want you to catch this. He says, no man, watch, no man by the Spirit of God, watch, calleth Jesus accursed. You know, there's a lot of people that do. And in some of the circles that I'm running in, who I'm trying to minister to, they most certainly call Jesus accursed. They don't see him as anything but, may, but maybe, maybe to an extent, maybe a prophet, but not the son of God. Right. And in fact, I'm even hearing now in some of the Christian circles that they don't even believe Jesus Christ was eternally God. How ridiculous the world that I live in. How ridiculous. He's always been Jesus. Yeah. He's incarnate, but he was always at the right hand of God. He's always been there. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen, let me help you, let me help you understand. He says, wherefore I give unto you to understand that no man by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. The Spirit of God live in you? There's no way you could say it. Look, look at all of us in here. We're sitting here. Not one of us have ever said Jesus is accursed after our conversion, after our salvation. Now, maybe before, but not now, because why? The Spirit of God is in you. Yes, sir. Here's the proof. That the Spirit of God is in you. You can't say Jesus is accursed. And in fact, he goes on to say that no man can say Jesus is Lord without the Spirit of God. How many believe today that Jesus is Lord? How many believe it? I mean, you say Jesus is Lord. I mean, he's really Lord. You believe it, uh, you, you know, to the utmost of your faith, to the expression of your faith, to its fullest extent. You believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Uh, that's the proof. That's the proof. That the Spirit of God is in you. And it's the only condition by which the gifts begin to manifest themselves. Think about what I just said. 
It's the only proof you need to know that the gift of God can manifest inside of you. Let me say that one more time because you might have missed that. This is the only biblical evidence that determines whether or not the gifts of God can be motivated in your life. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, you're prepared to do the work of God. Think of what the enemy was telling you. Well, you know, you can't do it because you haven't been to seminary and you, you haven't read your Bible enough and you don't do this and you don't do that. And you see all the problems. Look, 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 at, how, look at how you've been thinking. Look at what you said the other day. Look, look at all the things going on in your life. Look at all your faults. Look at all the things that have gone. Look at your past. Look at all the dumb things you've did. How could God ever use somebody like you? And all the while, Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about how the gifts manifest. You see, no man by the Spirit of God call it Jesus a curse. Nor can you say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Ghost. And if he's present, the gifts are present too. If he's present, the gifts are present too. Every one of us has a gift. Well, how can that be said? Because every one of us is filled of the Holy Spirit. How can I have a gift? You have a gift because the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. Brother and sister, you got to snap out of it. Well, you look at your name and say, snap out of it, baby. You have the gifts of God. Somebody say, gifts of God. Oh, God, it's awful. Go to your Bible, Raven, St. John, chapter 14. I'm going to quote a few verses, but I want you to put your finger at verse 7 because that's where I want to pick up. You, you know this passage. You've heard me as a church. I've quoted this passage, this, this particular chapter, many, many times. Jesus says this. He knows he's about to leave the disciples. He knows that he's about to be crucified. He knows that there's some level of trepidation amongst the disciples, some fear, thought that he'd be gone. And Jesus says this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And this is where we hear Thomas say, Lord. He goes, and whether I go, you know, in the way, you know. And Thomas said unto the Lord, Lord. I'm going to paraphrase it. We don't know where you're going. And we don't even know how to get there. What does Jesus say? Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are you there? Let me read verse 7 to you. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him. And have seen him. And you see Philip here. What does Philip say? Jesus, show us the Father and it suffices us. Jesus, show us the Father and it suffices us. Let me tell you what's so sad in our culture. That the gift of God, the Spirit of God, is meant for the manifestation of God. That if we're active in manifesting the gifts of God, our talents and abilities, then people see God. And they don't have to act like Philip. I want to see God. They would have seen him for themselves. 
You want this church to be full. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could, we could just kind of uh, g- 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 give like a little, maybe outside, maybe outside the door, put up a banner and say, if you want to see God, come in. Anybody interested in seeing the Lord? Come on in and you'll get to see him for yourself. This is why the gifts, they create a manifestation for every man. The gift of God is given for the manifestation of God. We're all given a gift for what purpose? To manifest God so that people will see God. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? You say, well, preacher, why do you say that? Because Jesus says it. Are you there in your Bible? I just want to read this. I could quote all this chapter. He says, Jesus said, how long... Have I been so long time with you? And yet, hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? You've seen the miracles. You've seen the work. You've seen the gifts. You've seen the talents. You've seen my ability. How do you say now you haven't seen God? If you've seen me in action, you've seen God in action. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Now, you ready? I'm going to give you something. Now, watch this. I have this listed in my my Bible as the bullseye of Christianity. This is, in the margin I have here, this is the bullseye. You want to be precise for God? You want to be precise? You, you just don't know how precise God is. He ministered this morning. You just didn't get how precise it was. He spoke a word in here. Now, whether or not you responded, that's on you. Because sometimes we see the gifts moving, and we don't understand that gift is moving so that we all could profit, that you might profit. And sometimes we become very stale to the things of God. Yes, sir. And as Pastor Josh said this morning, some of y'all need a refreshing. Yes, sir. Nobody likes stale bread. Right. We like that ream of bread, don't we? Yeah. So you ready? This is the bullseye of Christianity. Verses 11 through 14, this is the bullseye. If you want to hit the bullseye with God, here it is. You say, well, preacher, I want to be accurate, right? I, you know what? Can I stop here and say, we need to be more excellent for God. Can I suggest that to you? Let's just be more excellent. We need to be more knowledgeable of the things of God. We need to flow in the gifts of God. We, we need to be expert. You're an expert everywhere else but in the things of God. I'm suggesting to you that we need to get a lot more excellent in our devotion to the Lord and in the excellence of his work. Look what he says, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. Amen. What do you say work? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and even greater works than these, because I go unto my Father in heaven. Oh, y'all want me to repeat that one more time? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, you, you, you know, you know who you are, Jesus Lord. You know who you are. You all said, yeah, my hand went up. I believe in Jesus, Lord. Yeah, you just don't believe in the work yet. He that believeth on me, the very works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than thee shall he do. Why? Because I go to my Father in heaven. You've been doing greater works? Interesting. 
And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name. Let me repeat it to you. Let me, because I gave it to you, but sometimes in principle we don't hear it. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. To him that, to him that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, the door shall be opened unto you. What was Jesus talking about? The Spirit of God. Listen, I know you've asked for everything under the sun. You wanted some new shoes. You got it. You wanted that pretty house. God gave it to you. Uh, you needed a car. You needed a thing. Your kids needed that. So you needed a fi- financial need. God gave you that. But when's the last time you've sought out the Holy Spirit, who is the very source of the gifts and abilities and strengths and abilities that God puts in every one of us? Understand the principle. So here's what the Spirit told me to tell you. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you just as a... I didn't, I didn't share with you when I started the message, my message title, because I wanted to just... Let this resonate with you right now. I I was praying. The Spirit of the Lord was giving me several verses uh, throughout the week. Sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and the Spirit is just, He just reminded me of the Scriptures. How many know that the Spirit of God, that Jesus, when He comes, He's going to remind you of everything that I've said? But He can't remind you of what you don't know. So I spent a lot of my life reading the Bible, reading the scriptures, meditating in scriptures, you know. And to your benefit, when I come here, some of you, sometimes you don't have to open your Bible because I quote the scriptures to you. You notice that? Those scriptures are in me, right? I've eaten them. I've masticated them. They're, they're, they're part of my body. They're, they're down in the very joints of my bones, right? That's where the power is. Because whenever I'm going through, I've got a word from the Lord. He can remind me. I, the, the word is, is near me. It's nigh unto me. Yes, it's not far. It's, it's on my lips. Come on, somebody. It's in my heart. Watch it. I also know that when I'm in my prayer closet, there's a level of spiritual warfare that's happening. And it's happening because God's given me authority. And I know that there's things I don't pray for, things that I have to take authority for, have to exercise power. Do, do, do you know that in the spirit, I tell the enemy, move over. Yeah, y'all got to hear that, man. That, that, that literally I can tell the enemy, move over because I'm here. You're in my space. Move over. You know, like when you come into a place and, you know, there's a, there's a chair, but somebody's in it. You tell them, move over. That chair's mine. You, you, you see, a man's gift makes room for him. It, it gives you the ability to tell the enemy, move over. Sickness, move over. Disease, move over. Issue, move over. Strife, move over. Problem, move over. Because the gift is here. It makes room for me. Now, friend, I'm going to say this to you. You can walk out your Christianity in your own abilities, in your own strengths, in your own knowledges, in your own comprehensions, and I'm here to tell you, you're going to miss God altogether. 
Or, or you, could, you could listen to Paul. He don't want you to be ignorant. If you can declare that Jesus is not a curse and out of the same spirit say, Jesus is Lord, the ministry of God is within your reach. Now, you could keep asking God for all the things you need, and that could, that's your prerogative. Listen, I'm not here to tell nobody that you don't have the right to petition God, but could I suggest to you that there's something greater, even greater still, and that we begin to ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in my life so that God might be seen. Could I suggest to you that the greatest work in a man's life is creating a place where people can see the Lord? Stand with me. Because, man, listen, I just preached you a message. <laughs> I just preached you a message. I just preached you a message. The Bible says, when he that believeth on me, here's the bullseye. The work that I do shall he do also. Jesus even has the audacity to say, and greater works than these shall he do. <laughs> he says, because I go to my Father. And anything you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then he says this, and whatever you ask of me, whatever you ask of me, I'm going to give it to you. How about that for a gift? 